Hi, my name's Hudson and I'm a geoholic. Hello, geoholics, and welcome to Bad Elf's Point of Beginning, a segment specially crafted for the consumption of geospatial news, history, and technology. We hope you enjoy the content and perhaps even learn something. My name is Dr. Nick Smolovsky, I'm a geoholic, and I'm here to be your geospatial guide. This spring, ARC News, a digital and print publication from the GIS software and solutions company, ESRI, published a story about citizen scientists using innovative mobile GIS apps to help guide the cleanup of a California oil spill. The story caught my attention because of the cutting-edge geospatial technology being leveraged and furthermore because it dealt with the general public assisting with the mapping efforts. The authors explained that a major oil spill off the coast of Huntington Beach, California in October of 2021 started washing up sticky tar balls on shore causing toxic repercussions to the local coastline environment. Roughly 25,000 gallons of crude oil wreaked havoc to say the least on the local areas killing marine life and other biological ecosystems. Wanting to help, people signed up to assist with the cleanup efforts. However, due to the danger, special care had to be taken. Chad Nelson, the CEO of the Surfrider Foundation, a nonprofit dedicated to protecting coastlines, and someone familiar with geographic information systems decided to get involved. Working with local government agencies, the group employed a GIS approach to solve the problem. Using the Esri mobile app Survey123 and Quick Capture, the volunteers easily were able to collect photographs, locations, and other vital attribute information about the washed up tarballs needing to be removed. Using location data from the people's phones, volunteers were able to see near real time where the work needed to be done. Over 10,000 people signed up to help, and the data collected were invaluable in the recovery efforts. GIS dashboards were created from the data for streamlined consumption and mitigation deployment. This story is a great example of using innovative geospatial technology with volunteer labor to help save a local community. When we use our brains and bronze, everything imaginable is accomplishable. If you have any questions or comments about today's POB segment, please reach out to me via LinkedIn or through the Geoholics channels. And that does it for us at B2 Studios in sunny Texas. Live long and prosper, my friends. Oh my God. You know it's going to be a good night when you're drinking whiskey out of a coffee mug. Let me just say that. And that song is so good that we could almost use it for every episode. Yeah, but that would take away part of the fun, you know. I mean, our guests get to choose the music, so that's no different tonight. And I'm so glad one of our guests this evening is a Stone Temple Pilots fan. That's where that song has come from. So I absolutely love that song. We've got another great show lined up this week. But before we get to it, first of all, we have to do uh, quick intros of the cast of characters we have with us this evening. Mark Taylor, thanks for joining us again. Thanks for having me. Lovely I, to be uh, back. I appreciate you being here. You've uh, had a, a surgery recently on your foot. I did. And you're in recovery mode, and yet you still showed up at the Diamondback Land Surveying Studio this evening. I wanted to be here. It was important on my crutches. That's why I dragged my wife away from work so that she could carry all my shit for me. She's a good girl. She's an amazing woman. I'm very lucky, and, and I owe her $50 now. <laughs> 
<laughs> She's over here shaking her head. She's like, no, it's more than 50 bucks, buddy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, it depends if we put out or anything. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and of course, we have uh, Mr. Conor O'Gorman, COG. How are you, my friend? Oh, doing well, doing well. You know, I found my new interest of night golfing. Night <laughs> golfing. Okay. Yeah. Night golfing, glowing dark golf balls. You know, scramble, so I get to hide with my terrible swing, but uh, broke my driver out there. But it was fun. It was a fun time. We did it with uh, Kiewit. Yes. Um, so it was, it was fun to fun to participate in. Nice. I'm sure it was a blast. Was Is that blast. the Continental? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, they're famous for doing it there. Hmm. I've never yeah. done it before. Yeah, I filmed the first one when they uh, there was the new Coors really? Ultra 5-calorie beer that they were promoting. And oh. it was uh, like 500 people out there. Dang. Amazing. Crazy. Yeah, it was a fun time. How, how did you guys play? I'm assuming you played nine holes. We played nine. How long did it take you to get around? I mean, does it take longer because everyone's chasing their ball all over the place or what? No, it, was, yeah, it took a while because the last tee box, the last two tee boxes, it was where the bottleneck happened. And uh, like we had some people like, I don't know if they came in front of us because it wasn't the people that were in front of us the whole time. Uh-huh. Um, so we sat on the tee box for 20, 30 minutes, the like final hole. Oh my gosh. Um, but other than that, like it was pretty pretty smooth it felt like just like phoenix golfing i sitting there for 20 or 30 minutes my add would have kicked in five minutes into that and i would have just been like hitting shit into houses or something like that that's how i broke my uh driver, driver. i go. went on to it was right next to the driving range and i went and had to you know sauce yeah. a piss real fast and then next thing you know i put a ball on tee and hit you know start swinging away in the dark and the next thing you know i hit one pretty flush actually didn't hit the ground and then my driver had snapped <laughs> Oh my gosh, that's so funny. Yeah, good stuff. Awesome. What about you? What's going on with you? Well, uh, just real quick, I was fortunate enough to attend the Topodot User Conference 2022 in Orlando last week. They invited us out to do some random interviews. I had a great time. Amazing conference. I mean, they absolutely know how to take care of their their uh, their community and yes, if you do. listen to that episode every single person that i talked to talked about the topo dot community so they got a r- real special thing going on there um so it, it was awesome and on that note um just found out recently we'll be at the 2022 commercial uav expo in september in las vegas mm-hmm. and as mentioned previously we'll be at tremble dimensions also in las vegas we'll be spending a lot of time in vegas in the fall in november so two really cool shows coming up that uh, I'm looking forward to attending and participating and getting some more really cool interviews uh, on record. So if there's any events coming up that any of our listeners would like the Geoholics to attend and uh, add value, make friends, we're really good at that. Give us a, sh- uh, give us a shout at info at thegeoholics.com and let's make that happen. Connor, tell us about that opening number. Yeah, so like you said, it's uh, Stone Temple Pilots, uh, Interstate Love Song. Stone Temple Pilots is an American rock band from San Diego, California, that originally consisted of Scott Wheland, uh, brothers Dean and Robert DeLeo, uh, and then also Eric Kurtz. Uh, the band's lineup remained unchanged from its formation in 1989 until the firing of Wheland in f- February of 2013, the band's debut album, Core, released in 1992, was a major commercial success, and STP went on to become one of the most successful bands in the 1990s, selling more than 18 million albums in the United States and 40 million worldwide. 
Yeah, crazy, crazy. And, you know, unfortunate story with uh, Scott Whelan, for sure. Um, I was fortunate enough to see them with Scott at the helm. And then just about four years ago, uh, I saw him again with uh, Jeff Gutt, who I believe is still their singer. I'm not sure. But he, I, I think he's actually from Arizona or he has some Arizona ties. I don't know exactly what the story is. But, man, oh, man, freaking did an amazing job. Incredible. Like, I was absolutely blown away. Almost just as good. Um, so yeah, fantastic band. And as I mentioned earlier, I'm glad one of our guests this evening is a stone temple or STP fan. Let's say that and allowing us to use that music. Could you say that again? Which part? The, an acronym? STP. Oh, I just wanted some clarification. I just want to say that that reading was excellent. The only, here's, I have one criticism. I wasn't going to bring it up, but since you're bragging, there's the T at the end of debut is silence. It's debut, not debut. debut. Other than that, I mean, I give you 95%. Yeah. Sick. Yeah. Uh, uh, come on, 95 and a STP did throw me off for a second. I was like, yeah, hey, so Connor, was... watch yourself, buddy. Yeah. Why? It's a family-friendly show, you know, yeah. parental advisory, but it's... Nope. <laughs> you did a good job, my friend. Best best one yet. As a uh, it's because I read it off my phone instead of a piece of paper oh, that I couldn't see. That. There you uh, go. It's, it's lit up, and I, I have a hard time seeing the paper in this lighting. That's, maybe, a, that's an excuse. Maybe we're on to something here. Maybe we're on, yeah. Exactly. We'll see next week. Millennials, they complain about everything. Consistency I'm is not a millennial. Yeah, we know we had this conversation. <laughs> I just wanted to rile you up. It's called paper. Uh, yeah, exactly. All right, so here we are back in the Diamondback Land Surveying Studio. Thanks to TK for his continued support. He was actually supposed to be in town tomorrow and for the weekend with a bunch of buddies for a golf outing that the Geoholics were going to be participating in. Unfortunately, TK had a, another event come up that he had to attend. So he's not going to be in town, and therefore we're not going to golf because the only reason we we're going is to see TK. Let's be honest. Yeah, yeah. So we'll do it another time. I'm sure he'll have a golf outing in Vegas here before too long, and he'll invite us to that. And, uh, yeah, we'll be there. Other than that, I kind of let the cat out of the bag on social media this past week. Um, Mentoring Mondays and the Geoholics have partnered to purchase a barrel of rod and hammer whiskey. And it's going to go to bottling here over the next month or two. So stay tuned for details on how you can get your hands on a bottle of Mentoring Mondays or Geoholics whiskey. Same whiskey, different bottles, different labels, of course. Um, so, yeah, pretty exciting. It's exciting. It's very exciting. Where All right. do I bring my straw? <laughs> straw. There, the, was, there was that one night where you and I finished almost an entire bottle of whiskey during an episode. Shh, the wife's here. Oh, yeah, sorry. Yes. <laughs> she's so small, I didn't even realize she's sitting here. I know, right? She's totally dinky. <laughs> it's amazing. It's All like right, pocket pal. Pocket pal. Love you, honey. God. Shout out to this week's highlight friend of the program. Who do we got this week, Mr. Taylor? Well, we have Advanced Geodetic Surveys. Advanced Geodetic Surveys is a Texas-based corporation specializing in mapping and survey equipment that has been proudly doing business since 1991. Okay, that's my radio voice over with. Um, since 91, AGS has consistently provided expertise in the survey and mapping industry. They offer, offer a comprehensive list of competitive survey and mapping products and services. The staff at AGS has a combined experience, good grief, 135 years. Wow. Well mm. done, guys. With that in mind, you can be sure that whatever they are able to solve, that they're able to solve any problems and obstacles that you may encounter in the field. This is really nice to hear from a company, actually. Their number one priority is customer satisfaction. They look after their clients and uh, strive to provide a hassle-free experience for all your GPS and survey needs. 
They guarantee reliable equipment and offer short and long-term rental options to fit your needs. Go to agsgps.com forward slash shop. And if you use promo code GEO15, as in GEO15, you'll save 15% off all regular priced field supplies, accessories, and safety equipment. At AGS, it's a service after the sale that counts. Indeed. And um, I have personally had great experience with AGS GPS renting equipment in the past. Uh, highly recommend them if you have any of those needs. And again, we can't thank them enough for their continued support of the show. Yeah. Time for uh, Connor O'Gorman's Weekly Words of Wisdom. Connor, what'd you come up with this week, my friend? Yeah, it's uh, relationships are everyone's most important asset. Uh, at the end of the day, people do business with people. You do. That is pretty strong. Lawrence R. Perkins. Lawrence R. Perkins. You know, good timing because recently COG recommended a uh, an audiobook to me. And it's called Don't Be a Stranger. And it focuses on building relationships and touch points and all that good stuff. Um, it's amazing. I appreciate the recommendation, my friend. Yeah. And, of course, Lawrence R. Perkins is the author of that book. So anybody out there who is looking for a new audiobook, I can't recommend Don't Be a Stranger enough. Yeah, it's it's it was recommended by my mentor, like for in the first business owner that I worked for, uh, Jerry Foster. And you know what's crazy is like he gave it to me as a recommendation because I was helping him with business development and kind of or starting up a alternative investment space on trying to find deals. And so he gave it to me um, right before I started pitching people and understanding like it's not a sales role; it's it's developing relationships and so I crushed through it in two mm -hmm. days yep it's an incredible book and it teaches you like you know if sales isn't uh like don't be a slimy salesperson mm -hmm. make make relationship and friends you know add value and make friends add value and make friends and you know what as, as, as I'm listening to that I'm only like an hour I don't know not even halfway through it I, but everything that was being said I'm like add value and make friends that's all he's saying. Add value and make friends. And it seems very it, it, like when you go through the book, you're you're going, oh, it, it seems like it would just be repetitive because how can this guy expand on the right. topics? But yes. it just continues to feed on how to how to do it correctly and, mm -hmm. and how to keep keep going. And you know, when when it gets tough, like it, yep. it's just it's an incredible book. Go out and read it. I, I, I recommend it to everybody. Indeed. Well said. I appreciate it again. Yeah. All right. Let's get on with this. Our guests this evening, we have Russell White and Josh Feemster, and they're from Dimensional Geomatics. And this is great because I met Russ at uh, GeoWeek 22 in Denver. And, uh, you know, he, he did one of the, the short interviews there and we had a great conversation. I'm like, you know what? We got to have you back sometime and have, you know, a, a full episode talking about what you guys got going on at Dimensional Geomatics. So just a real quick uh bio about Russ. He's born in, I'm probably going to butcher this, Euless, Texas, grew up mainly in Spring, Texas, briefly attended Concordia University in, is it Seward or Seward, Nebraska? And who knows what the mascot of Concordia University is? Oh. It's a worm, isn't it? A worm? Mm. <laughs> no, it's not a worm. That's good, though. <laughs> <laughs> is, it, is it like the freaking, like, 
Baylor's or something like no, that. You know, because it does corn. start with a B. Go Bulldogs. Mm-hmm. Uh, he spends a lot of time at the shooting range, likes woodworking, coaching baseball, and annoying his kids. That's always fun. He is president of Dimensional Geomatics, so his main focus at the moment is trying to make the money come in instead of going out. That is freaking genius accounting right there. Yep. Good business practice. Yeah. Passionate <laughs> about being the best husband and father he can be. Josh, on the other hand, born in New Orleans, moved to Scotland for a couple of years. I'm sure Josh is very well aware of that. Scott of this. Scotland is the home of curling stones. There is like uh-huh. one, one quarry in the world that produces curling stones, and it's in Scotland. A quarry or a quarry? It would be a quarry. Thank you. Quarry. Just, just clarification. Ken's Just been waiting to use this fact, by the way, for okay. for, 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 for 100, 128 Big curling guy. His dad worked in the North Sea. That sounds Ooh, pretty interesting. Moved back and grew up in Covington, Louisiana. He attended Southeastern Louisiana University. Go. Worms. <laughs> Oh, I actually used to know this one. There is no way you know this. I used to. I about shit when I looked this up. I, I don't. I forget the, it. The mascot is Rumi the lion. Lions. What the fuck is that? I have no lions. Idea. That's what it is. Hobbies include jujitsu. <laughs> I didn't even know that. Yoga, sailing, gym, and writing. Current job description is being Russ's right hand person, to be politically correct. Passionate about being the best father possible. Has a son who is about to turn six, and he says by the time this little guy is ten, he's going to be ruling the world. Mm. Hmm. Interesting. Welcome, guys. Thanks so much for bo- for joining the G-Hawks this evening. Yeah, thank you, man. Thanks for having us. You bet, man. Super excited to have this conversation. You guys got some really cool things going on at Dimensional Geomatics. But before we get that quick icebreaker, you ready for this one? And, Russ, this is for you. First, if you had to choose between only having a cell phone or a car for the rest of your life, which one would you choose? Car. Car. Interesting. How about you, Josh? Yeah, car. Car, you can do without the cell phone. How about you, Mark? I'd go with the cell phone because I could always call an Uber. Mm, Interesting. Yes. How about you, uh, smart guy over there, young brain? What I would prefer is a car. I don't like cell phones. Um, Well, I mean, I like it. I don't mind it. uh, but, But I would have to choose a cell phone because it is more practical for needs. Yeah. For sexting. That's exactly what I'm sexting. Your, your age group, that's all you do is you, can't, you sext. Yeah, you can't do that in a car. Yes. Not a, so I, and I'm, I'm the same boat. I mean, obviously, I had time to think about this because I came up with the question. Um, but I think cell phone, unfortunately. And I hate the fuckers, but I think that's what I have to go with. All right, guys. Can I ask Russell a question? Please do. So, <laughs> Russell, from one woodworker to another. Well, wait, actually, that's not true. You actually probably have a lathe. Um, do you whittle? No. Oh, no. like whittle with like a stick yes. and a knife? Isn't that what woodworking's all about? It's my favorite word of the month, whittle. Whittle. Oh I want goodness. to retire whittle. on a beach and whittle all day. I like how you say it, whittle. I know, it's sexy, isn't it? pronunciation there. Whittle. <laughs> <laughs> you are not going to be able to make a living whittling on the beach, I can tell you that. Well, have you not been to Cabo lately and seen what they do when you're on the beach? <laughs> They're selling all that shit for $5. You get paid $5, just leave them alone. I don't want the product. <laughs> I love it. I just, I just love that that we are interact, like listening to an interaction between a Texan and an Englishman. Well, we've got <laughs> a, a guy. Josh was in Scotland for a while, so he's a wee bear, and when his dad was on the oil that out there, right? <laughs> That's sure. awesome. Sure, I was uh, two when I moved back to the states. Oh, okay. Oh, he's well. got more. He's got more French influence in him. Yeah, he does. Mm. 
So, Russ, I'm going to let you start with this. How in the world did you get involved in being essentially a, an expert measurer? It's actually a pretty funny story and, and a quite embarrassing one. Um, hit, a, hit a super low point in my life and got fired from pool cleaning. Mm. Mm. Um, Interesting. Yeah. Start, started started at a survey company the next day, actually. Wow. Uh, just fell into it. Decided this is pretty fun. I get to be a nerd and play in the woods. Yeah. So, like, what, like, what was everything, your... Everything blossomed from there. What was your first... Uh, your first like surveying job. Talk about that just a little bit. Did you start at the bottom? Like you were the, you know, the second or third person on a field crew, you know, holding the dummy end of the tape. What was, what was your first experience? No. So we were, it was a, they ran two man crews. So the party chief ran the rod and had nine men. So my first day on the job, I was on the instrument. Uh, it was interesting, you know, just being thrown into the mix, but you know, Pretty technically savvy, so picked up on it pretty quick. Yeah, and how about Josh? Well, Josh, how did you get intro- introduced to uh, to this line of work and technology? Uh, Hurricane Katrina came through and destroyed everything else. Mm-hmm. So uh, I was living in New Orleans at the time, and I was actually a chef. Oh wow! Well. Uh, I was a pretty good cook. How about that? And. Um, needed a job. My dad worked for a engineering firm who was partnering with a laser scanning company that needed people. So I jumped on there and uh, decided I, I liked it. I enjoyed it. And I turned pretty decent at it and, uh, and moved on to survey after about, after about a year of laser scanning, I moved on to survey. Okay. So this is interesting to me because everybody, not everybody, the majority of people that get into surveying, it wasn't their intent. It wasn't like a lifelong dream to be in the surveying field. So we have a, uh, I don't want to say a failed pool cleaner, but we have a retired pool cleaner (laughs) and a retired chef that somehow found a way to surveying and measuring and 3d scanning and you guys are using uavs and all this really cool stuff it's a pretty good story how did you two how long have you known each other how did you cross paths and and form this partnership i think i met you with donnie yeah so like 2012 okay yeah that was when i was in yes i went to angola right after you guys went and i don't i don't know physically Russell and I have a mutual former employer. Okay. Uh, that uh, we worked with. Uh, we never worked for him at the same time. Uh, I was only contracted to Donnie, I think, but uh, uh, did projects for him, and then Russell worked for him for a while. So yeah, we know each other about ten years. Okay. Okay. And you mentioned Angola, so it sounds like you have some international experience. Any uh, cool stories there you'd like to yeah, share? Quite a bit. Yeah. Where, where does it start? Do you want to start? I've been, I've, I've spent a ton of time in Africa. Uh, I've been to Nigeria a bunch, Angola. Um, I don't know, man. Cool stories. Cool. We uh, the, the first job you and I did. Oh, the one that know, crashed. The platform. Yeah, the platform was tipping over. Yeah. So there was a brand new wellhead that had just been built at the mouth of the Congo River, and the jackup rig was parked up next to it, and the leg collapsed crashed into it the jackup rig sank and we had to go out and scan it 
Oh. And uh, it, was, it was interesting, brand new. Like they just pulled this thing out of the bubble wrap. First thing, it wasn't even operating, and all the decks were cantilever, cantilever decks were all crushed in. And wow, uh, it, it was interesting because we did we had no communication with the beach, and we're like, hey, you're gonna have anywhere from two to eight hours out here to scan. And the only time we had to prep was when we heard the chopper coming. Then you got to pack our ship real quick and get to the top. And the current coming out of the Congo River was uh, fairly rapid. I mean, we weren't uh, we weren't in calm seas by any means. Yeah. Wow. <laughs> and um, you know what? One thing I failed to mention. Uh, one thing I failed to mention. These guys are calling in with us uh, this evening from an oil rig out in the middle. Where are you guys at? Where are you located? About? They come I, I, I think we're about 150 miles south of. Um, yeah. If you go straight east from. The, the tip of the Mississippi River, uh-huh. like Venice, you go straight east from there and straight south from Mobile. That's about where we are. Okay. Hmm. Okay. And well, so what, what type of, uh, you know, survey or mapping support are you guys providing uh, on the rig? So we're laser scanning uh, to support corrosion detection. Hmm. And the, the surveying out here is to run the control network for the, for, to support the scanning. Right. Okay. And what's the duration of a project like that? This one <laughs> this has the, been a very special the, baby for us. <laughs> I think this is the fifth visit we've made. This is our fifth time out yeah. here. We came, yeah. we came out here in March, spent five days out here and did absolutely nothing. <laughs> wow. This is my fifth time out. Rough. In the boats couldn't go out. And uh, because got kicked the, off the first time for a hurricane. How does that work? I mean, you got you have different challenges when it comes to, you know, serving and mapping, especially being like on an oil rig than what we have here in the desert. Um, like in, in my mind, you know, I, I manage a survey group. When you're telling me I went out, we went out there for five days and got nothing done. I'm immediately like, holy shit, the amount of money that was lost there. Are you kidding me? How do you how do you uh, how do you how do you rebound from something like that? You invoice for it. <laughs> well, I guess that's where I'm going. I mean, something like that you have no control over. So are you able to like charge for your time in a situation like that? Yeah, there's a very important standby rate okay. on the proposal. Mm-hmm. So if anything that happens outside of our control, we always make sure that you know, that's taken care of. And everybody understands that that's the way offshore works. Interesting. You know? um, yeah. There's things outside of everybody's control and it sucks, but sure. you know, we still have to get paid. So how do you bid a project like that? Is, do you basically bid it like on a per visit fee or is it lump sum? I mean, I'm, I'm so curious about that. You assume you're going to get it done in X amount of days. Okay. Uh, let's just say it takes us 10 days or we think it's going to take us 10 days to do it. We'll tell them and then they'll find POV for us. Just persons on board. Hey, do we have POV for two or three guys for 10 days? Uh, if we do, cool. We're here for one shot. We try and get it done. Uh, if not, uh, let me back up. It is time and materials, not lump sum. Gotcha. Because of these problems that we run into. Right. Um, but uh, I mean, this is our fifth time out here, right? And it's, how many how many days was the upper deck? How many days was the higher level stuff? Like nine days. I don't. I don't remember anymore. <laughs> It's, uh, we're, 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 on, we're on day eight of trying to get three days of work done on the lower deck. 
So, so obviously when you're there and you're bored, you just drink yourself to oblivion because your memories are shot. Well, that would be great, but you can't drink out here. No, no, not at all? There's no alcohol on board. Wow. Wait, what? Okay, so now now this. What you can get is uh, some pretty badass snickerdoodles they just made. Oh, my gosh. So, so like, what? You eat pretty well. What do you do for fun on a on a rig? I mean, I, I understand you're there to work, so don't don't get me wrong. I'm just kind of curious, like, to pass the time. Uh, no, they, they they make it pretty entertaining. I think this one's probably the least entertaining of the platforms we've been on. Most of them have a pretty big TV room you can go watch, but we've got TV in the rooms. Um, we've got Wi-Fi, so actually, this life away. This rig is actually the best for me. It's got the largest gym I've been in. Oh wow! The gym is as big as the galley. Oh, wow. Most of the time you get a gym the size of one of the accommodation rooms, and which is, you know, nothing. So, But they have free weights here. They've got a couple of treadmills. It's, it's actually a pretty nice setup. So how many people are on that platform at the moment? 78, 79. Hmm. Yeah. Interesting. It's not in here. No, I think it's like 78 or 79. Wow. But wow. we've been on some, like when we, when we did Holstein, Holstein was the largest spar platform in the world. So to put this into perspective, it has eight acres of deck space. Oh, eight grief. acres. Oh my gosh. Wow. Yeah. That's and just that was, and spars suck. They're super tall, a ton of stairs. But that was what, 200, 300? That's a big Something like platform. that. Yeah. A lot, three, it was that one. a lot of work going on there. Yeah. So what do you guys scan with? Are you using like your Leicas or your Trimbles or are you using drones with laser scanners? What, what are you using? We prefer the RTC 360, the Leica unit. Yeah. Uh, it's the fastest. It's the most, uh, it's the data is excellent. And, uh, you know, two minutes and you get a high res color scan. So, right. Yeah. And then how are you tying into control? Are the control points already uh, painted and measured on, on the platform or you're creating your own as you go along? Depends on what the client wants. Mm, very good. Um, we sometimes, well, typically it's, we, we still put out targets, there's, mm. there's targets laid out and whether it's enough for every single scan or just enough to rotate, generally we'll tie into the columns, right? So you've, mm. most platforms you've got, well, to I was speaking of, I was speaking to final rotation, but yeah, yeah. Oh yeah. Most of the time, most of the time you're rotating to the columns. Copy. Um, uh, they might pick a deck for, you know, hold this elevation. So we'll do things like that. Copy. Gotcha. Pretty cool. It's all, it's all resectioning. Uh, all right. That's awesome. I know. The frowned upon world and the. <laughs> <laughs> so what are some of the other. Overlap. Yeah. What are, what are some of the, uh, the other challenges besides like rough seas and stuff like that? What are some of the other challenges that you guys encounter that. Um, you know, either prevent you or uh, delay you in completing your uh, your task. Simops. Yeah, that's what probably it, the biggest. What one. is it? Yeah, um, uh, simultaneous operations. So other other disciplines try to do their jobs. Uh -huh. Right. Painters, sandblasters, crane operations. You know, they'll. Oh, sorry guys, you can't work in this area. Well, okay. So who gets? So, yeah, there's a whole section of the platform right now we can't get to because they're blasting and painting right above us, and we're we're below them, and that would suck. So. so, like, who determines priority of like what needs to get done? Like, is that 
you know, if, we're always at the bottom of the list. There's never a question. No, okay. <laughs> Typical. <laughs> yeah, I'm just thinking of like a superintendent on a construction site. Like, is there somebody like a superintendent on an oil or on a rig, I guess? Or yes. platform? Yeah, you got to know I am. Okay. Yeah. So, what, what is yeah, the purpose? They prioritize permits every day. And, you oh. know, we're always, we're always the bastard stepchildren. Right. Yeah. And if I may, what is the end purpose of the data you're collecting? Is it to show that the, Platform. I know you said earlier for inspection on corrosion and everything, but is it to show? Does it show that the platform might be leaning or as you know compaction or something? I mean, what else is the data uh, being used for? So this was this client that we're working for. It's a pretty unique use case of laser scanning, and they've got some software that can take it takes the color. Mm -hmm. imagery from the scanner and you know we can see the rust right so right. it sees the rust and then it uses the texture of the scan data to go hey there's corrosion here how bad is it oh it's actually pretty new and it's really slick the way we're the way they're doing it uh, typically we're scanning for a model mm. you know whether it's an as-built or um you know run a new lines clash detection whatever um but this one is, is for corrosion detection can you utilize drones there or is it just too windy all the time? No, oh, yeah, you could. Um, it's it actually wasn't too windy these last few days. It's been all right. Uh, there's a lot of guys who use drones offshore for that purpose, right? We're mapping the internals and there's got to be a way to capture the outside. Mm -hmm. uh, plenty of guys come out here, photogrammetry your ladder on the outside, inspections of the flare stack. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, the flare stack is, was kind of one of the... That was one of the initial spurs for doing drone work out here, right? Yeah. Yeah. yeah Mark Taylor's about to be here. doing doing oil rigs here soon. Yeah. I'll, <laughs> I'll come hang out with you guys. Yeah. He's one of those drone guys, you know? Excuse me, I'm a drone dude. As I'm reminded <laughs> hey, hey, every hey, week. Come on, man. Come on. Yeah. <laughs> Chief Geek, to be yeah. specific. Chief Geek. We're, we're working our way into it. And it's, and it's so funny because, and I think I talked to you about it, Kent, when we were at Geo Week, because got like my laser scanning side of friends and then I got my drone side of friends and right. trying try to get them to talk some more. Right. And Hey, we, we do both sides of that stuff. Yeah, for sure. That's interesting. So, uh, talk to me about like the decision-making process that led you both, um, to the company. Well, to starting dimensional geomatics. I mean, uh, oh, sorry. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like what, what led you to that decision? We're really good at it and we don't want to wait for anyone. Yeah. <laughs> we just both happen to find ourselves in a position after several years of like, all right, here we go. We have an opportunity to work together. We have years of contacts. Um, let's go. Let's just go for it. Yeah. Nice. So, you know, we mentioned the importance of uh, relationship building and obviously you guys are completely on board with that idea. Yeah. What you were describing before, uh, you know, make friends add value. Pretty much how my entire career has gone as far as sales and uh, just getting my name out there. Yep. Uh, Russell's the same way, I believe. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I think, I think, and that, that's a big reason that we chose to work together too. You know, Josh and I know a lot of people. Our, our names are known, I, I, fair enough to say, in the laser getting world, whether it's on good terms or bad terms, we're still known, right? Mm -hmm. There's no bad publicity, right? <laughs> So I found it funny in, in, in your bio, you said, I, th I can't remember, I think Russell said it, but you, your slogan is beyond the nominal. I love that. What do you guys mean by that? 
Dude, so we were we were sitting at Starbucks. It was our first, it was our first meeting at Starbucks. Like I think four days after we technically started the company, we were trying to come up with ideas for the website. I were like. I don't know how we got there. We were saying beyond something. We, we were like, we, we were, just, we were just throwing bullshit. everything out there. And then, and then Josh goes, beyond the nominal. And I was like, that's it. That's it. It's code for cut the bullshit. We're giving you the data you really need. Right. Yeah. Yep. And so how do you get to that point? Like when you're dealing with clients, and I love that, cut the bullshit, because there's a lot of that. Um, how, what, are, what are some of the tactics you use to get right to the point with a, a prospective client? Like, how do you find out exactly what they need versus what they think they need? Hmm. Long process. <laughs> yes, that's the dilemma. It varies depending on the client. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, I mean, but that question is asked is, you know, that's always, what do you want? What do you need? What do you think you need? Yep. What have you been told that you need? And then you just have to have a very frank conversation with them saying, look, you know, you don't need all these flowers and all this other crap. Mm-hmm. Here's, here's what you need. I think, um, I think Mark can relate to that. Yeah, you... mm-hmm. yeah it's, it, it's a very challenging balance um, between the relationship of, look, client, I'm trying to do the very best that I can for you. I'm trying not to be combative or defensible, but you really don't need this, but you don't really have a relationship with me yet and your best buddy of 13 years and your golfing partner is telling you you need this and you don't and you're going to spend a lot of money. Why don't you just work with me, have me give you the data, and then if you do really, really need it, then we can do a change order, right? Um, But it's always the quagmire in the drone world of, Balancing good expectations, incredible data without all the fluff in the bunk. And that's a little odd what it has been in the laser scanning world for a long time. Some clients will, we've done a lot of research and we want X, Y, Z with all these bells and whistles because that we saw all the shiny things. Mm-hmm. Well, how would you like to use this at the end? What are exactly. you really trying to extract out of the data? Yes. And if that's what you need, that's what we can get you. And you don't need to pay for, you know, the laundry list of other items that looked good on paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'm so glad you said that because I say it all the time. I mean, the first co- the first part of the conversation has to be the end user. What, what are they using it for? You know, what capabilities do they have? You know, what are they expecting? And based on that, you right. can you can build off of that. But otherwise, you, you people don't know what they don't know. Right, and, and, and you, you said, what is the end user trying to use it for, and what are their capabilities? Right? Yeah, yeah. If the end user doesn't know how to use the, the data you're asking for, then what's the point? Exactly. exactly. Yeah, like for me, you it's know, one. And, and we see it in aerial world, too. And, yep. hey, I need, I need LIDAR. In fact, I had a guy email me today for a quote, and he's asking for LIDAR on uh, a track that does not need LIDAR. We can easily do it with photogrammetry. There's absolutely no foliage. Mm-hmm. Right. Why, why are we even doing LIDAR here? Yeah. You know, let me explain to you why we do or why we don't need it uh, but you know but and the big reason why people ask for stuff they don't need is and we see it a ton in the laser scanning world is somebody's been given an rfq from yep. what somebody wrote eight years ago mm-hmm. right and it we want this 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 and it drills down to 100 deliverables and everybody's just been adding you know, their deliverable to that rfq for a long time nobody really knows what it means though Oh, they just think, oh, it must be right. Right, we've been giving this to someone else, so let's just turn this in. Yeah, we and on my side, after eight years of doing this, it's I got a couple of years ago to the point of yes, sir, absolutely happy to give you a prize, hope to win the job, and we'll give you everything that you want. 
Uh, every single time I did, they were never happy with the data because they couldn't use it, they couldn't manipulate it, they didn't know what they had. So then I went back to setting expectations and then they were frustrated up front. It wasn't as uh, seamless and it wasn't a, as wonderful of a you know, uh, a sales process as it were. And I try and educate them. And, and now I'm just like, you know what, if, if you're going to ask for the world and you don't need it, I'm going to give you what you need. And you're probably not going to notice. I didn't give you all the bells and whistles anyway, and you're going to be happier. So that's why that's how we try and do it at, at my firm. And that's a pretty, uh, it's a pretty good way to put how Russell and I have to do it. We have so many resources at our disposal. I mean, everything from, you know, we have the total stations, the drones, the laser scanners, the, the arms, the tracker. The, just, we have damn near every measurement device you can think of. So when a client comes to us, we're not selling laser scanning. Right. You're selling data collection. You know, it's, what, yeah. what do you want to measure? Mm-hmm. And we can apply the correct tool to whatever the project is. Beautiful. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. Yeah, that makes perfect sense. Because again, you know, the client, in most cases, they don't know what they don't know. And like, they're like, we need LIDAR, you know, we need this. Because somebody told them that mm-hmm. LIDAR is the latest, greatest, most accurate, blah, blah, blah. You have to have LIDAR for, you don't, you know, I mean, uh, no. there's applications for all these different technologies. All of them have limitations. And it's our job as professionals to educate the client. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So yeah. I'm kind of curious, is this like a, like a underserved market then, like the, the, the platforms or like, is there a lot of com- competition for y'all or, or like kind of explain that landscape? The platform that we're on. There's probably it. like five sets of laser scanning targets out here. And what's funny is we know everybody who's scanned this platform in the last probably 15 years. Huh. That's uh, funny. So it's, it, it's competitive for sure. Um, and there's a lot of similarities between the laser scanning market and the drone market. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's it just, you know, me and Josh have been through the growth, the internal adaptation of laser scanning, and mm-hmm. then the status of it now. And we're seeing that the, it's the drone market's doing the exact same thing. Yep. Uh, yeah. We're, we're seeing where the, everyone brought it in house. And then, as I call it, legacy issues, the, and the same with the laser scanners. They spend the money, they commit to it, but, oh, my God, Charlie's on a two-week uh, vacation, and, oh, he's got PTO he has to take, yeah. and we got, oh, shit, and he can't work Saturdays and Sundays, and we're like, we're, we're not turning up to a job site and yakking with Bob we haven't seen for six months. we got <laughs> shit right. to do. Yeah. We're not on our phones like the guys who fly drones. I've yeah. got, you, you guys would love this. I got, I got a guy from one of our biggest competitors who puts his RTK drone up in the air, puts the radio on the ground and goes into the porta potty for 20 minutes. <laughs> That's his version of flying a drone. I got a video of that. That's my competition. Wow. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And now that same company is wanting to go to third party and hire out because of, you know, all the internal yeah. things. So the positions that you're in that I'm in, that's really where the market is and the liability aspect, obviously. Right. Um, Nobody cares more than a contractor, I think, than over an employee. Yeah, very well said. So what else What else do you guys do? Dimensional geomatics, what do you guys do besides, um, I mean, obviously you do terrestrial laser scanning. There's some drone data acquisition in there. What What else? Uh, Josh has got his own barbecue hot sauce line. You heard him. He was a chefy. Oh, he maybe he does. Yeah. 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 Have you not heard of the dimensional right meats yeah. uh, product? Multiple. It's called Grinder. Grinder, <laughs> yes. Yes. <laughs> 
Yes, Connors are consuming 12,000 calories a day of that. Yes. Between hey, Hank and Arturo. They, they always, they, you got to have multiple streams of income. Yeah, it's called diversification, actually, right? Uh, <laughs> That's why he's on Tinder. Hot sauce out of, uh, smoked scorpion peppers. Ooh. Oh, jeez. We love anything hot. <laughs> so what else, do you, what else do you guys do, Russ? Uh, metrology. Uh, dimensional control. That's that's the core right there. Metrology, dimensional control, laser scanning, and uh, aerial mapping. Do you do any monitoring? Like I, I had a client come to me recently wanting to. Mo- there was uh, out here in Arizona. There's um, what do they call that? Where the the ground subsides, subsidence, a lot of subsidence. Uh-huh. And mm-hmm. you know, we had a client come to us like, hey, we need you to monitor the subsidence over the course of six months. And it's not something that we specialize in. Is that something that you guys? Could do? Do you specialize yeah, in stuff like between, that? Uh, mm-hmm. I'm in between two monitoring jobs right now. It's for uh, train trestles. Okay. There you go. So yeah. uh, the rail lines coming out of mm-hmm. a refinery cross over a pipeline, and they're boring a new pipe under the horizontal. Trestle. And and the um, yes, and the uh, railway wants to know any deviation, any settling with the trestle itself. Yep. So One we inch. go out there every day for oh wow three months at a time I think yeah uh, beforehand to uh, establish the nominals and then monitor it while they're drilling and then we have to uh, monitor again for I think the spec was two weeks after after they did the backfill gotcha so we completed that last fall and I think we've got another one coming up uh, in just a couple months. Okay. That, so that, and it's pretty specialized stuff because there was like a standard for the type of uh, monitoring stations that were set and all this stuff. I was like, wow, um, we probably could do this, but it sounds like there's probably people that are pros at this. And it sounds like you guys kind of fall in that category that that's something that would be right in your wheelhouse. Yeah, absolutely. Why don't we just do like everyone else and use the tape measure and a stick of chalk? Isn't that how it's done? Right? That's how it used to be done, Mark. Oh, oh okay. Sorry. Yes. P- pull and chain, too. Pull and uh, chain. Yeah. Don't, oh, go, don't talk to uh, me about yeah, pulling oh, chains yeah, pull and chain, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, back <laughs> when my dad drove a horse. That's a thing, right? Is that still a thing? <laughs> <laughs> yes, there is a surveyor who is very well known in Yabapai County, lives in Prescott, who will not do anything except by old traditional methods and drags his chain out there every day. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, I, you know what's funny? I know the person you speak of. Yes, yes, mm. that's for a different show. Mm. Yeah, it will be. Yes, <laughs> awesome. So, what's next for you guys? I mean, uh, what, what's keeping you? Is it, is it just you two guys, or is there how many people are part of this company? Most, it's the two of us. Wow. But uh, keeps us pretty busy. Um, we're we don't think that's lasted much longer. We might have one more month before. Uh, yeah, we're, we're going to be um, putting out a job listing for another pilot, another VO here, probably, probably next week, probably Monday, I'll probably put it up. Um, we've got another contract coming that'll keep two guys on the road 100%. That's awesome. Good for you. So what are your expectations when you put these? I mean, I, mean, I have to believe that the problem exists everywhere because I know it does. When you put these advertisements out there, do you really think you're going to find somebody? Yeah, I, th- I think there's uh, the drone market is still growing fast, and there's a lot of guys who are looking to get into it. 
Um, uh, but I, I think we, at this point, I still think we weeded out a, a lot of the guys who were in it for cell towers and real estate, right? I'm not saying there's not serious guys in that market, but most of the serious pilots are still here. Um, and I think we have a realistic goal um, to find somebody through it. You know, is there still the whole word of mouth? Yeah, we'll find somebody that way. Sure, but um, we'll, we'll find somebody. I don't, I don't. I don't have any doubts about it. Yeah, well, good for you. I guess on the drone side, I mean, I don't want to say drone pilots are a dime a dozen, but there's a lot of them out there. The no, channel- you're, you're not offending me. You can say that, and I'm I'm sorry, but the my problem is because we're hiring a couple of guys, right? And um, I, I'd rather look for work ethic and acumen, and then I can teach them anything they want. But I, I had to tell a guy yesterday that I was going to send him a wheelbarrow as a gift for taking time to call me. And he goes, why are you buying me a wheelbarrow? I'm like, to put your balls in because your your attitude and ego is so big. What are you, Tom freaking Cruise? Um, if you need any help, give me a call. I'd love to hang out on an oil rig. Absolutely. All right. I can do some cool shit. I can macrame. I can do baked beans. <laughs> I'm awesome. I can play Dungeons and Dragons with you. How about how about a grilled cheese? Can you make me eat grilled cheese sandwich? April has to come because she makes I the can best make grilled a cheese. Killer grilled cheese. Oh my really? god, dude! I could live on grilled cheese sandwiches. Totally could. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes with tomato soup. Not always. Oh no! You gotta have the tomato soup to dip, to dip it. It's in. tomato. Tomato. Thank you. Yes, of course. God. I'm sorry. We won the Revolutionary War. Oh. Only because we didn't want the tea. So back it up, sister. Yeah. We, we're not stupid. We didn't want the tea in the first place. We're not dumb. All right. My real question, though, is for Josh, is, is uh, would you go for a good boudin or would you go for a good crawdaddy boil? Oh, crawfish boil. Okay. Oh. Hmm. Yeah. You know what's interesting? When I was at uh, when I was in Orlando last week, I met these guys from Louisiana. They work for like the DOT, the state DOT. Super cool guys, and they were talking about, "Hey, we need to get the geoholics down to Louisiana for a crowd any boil." Oh, there you and go. Just like you know, do interviews yeah. around this, and I'm like, yeah. count us in. I think I, I think I texted you guys about. Yeah, you that. did. Like, yeah, we're freaking doing sure. it, man, dude. dude awesome. I, I will I will be there in a heartbeat. Oh yeah. my god, I love yeah. that's like my first memory as a child this year. And probably the rest of my life combined. Really? Do wait. Do what? Uh, I've eaten more crawfish this year than the rest of my life combined. Oh, we uh, probably we probably go out and eat twice a week at least. We go eat crawfish. Where are you guys based out of? Yeah, I was about to ask. Houston. Oh, you're in Houston. Okay. Um, Unfortunately, but it's I mean it's so you know this you know this guy you know I mean he's. He's a, a, a crawfish on, or uh, what do you call it, connoisseur, let's say. And, you know, we're talking about, well, there's crawfish up in, you know, Seattle, Washington. He's no. like, they ain't crawfish. They ain't no, crawfish. they ain't. No, ain't no. no way. No. As I'm wearing a Washington no. hat right now. Yeah. It's like they only, go, they only go so far north or something. I don't know what the heck he was talking about, but I love the guy, and I can't wait to go to Louisiana for a boil. Mm-hmm. It's going to be a blast. I don't eat seafood or Mexican food north of the Red River. Oh, mm. interesting. Smart move. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, once you get north of I-10, if you're, if you're <laughs> north of I-10, he's like, he's like, if you go to cut off, cut off Louisiana is the only place I'm going to eat my crawdads. <laughs> and my gator. That's a wise choice. Mm, 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 mm. Yeah, I'm, 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 I'm north of I-10, and I'm, I'm probably, probably waving off seafood. So interesting. Yeah. So interesting. Even in Covington? Snobs. Seafood snobs. Mm. Oh, that's 
That's that's right on ten. Oh, that's twelve right there. 12. Yeah. <laughs> I'm just curious. I'm, 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 I, I, so I, I lived in Jennings for a while, so. Let's 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 bring this back yeah. just a little bit. Um, so so you guys are based in 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 Texas. With the services that you provide, are there any restrictions? Can you basically go anywhere in the country or in the world for that matter? Or what what are are there any limitations? No, anywhere in the world. We we work all over the world. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, it's pretty much if we want to go there or not, and if they're going to pay us enough to go there. Uh, hmm. You know, if you asked me to go to Syria. I'd go to Syria if you paid me enough. Sure. All right. um, yep. That yeah, makes perfect not, sense. There's, there's, there's no, there's no, yeah. I, don't know, I don't know. I don't even know what you'd call it. There's no restrictions on what we do anywhere. It's mm-hmm. just a matter of someone. Yeah. No job is too big. It, no yeah. fee is too big. Yeah. <laughs> I love it. <laughs> Except maybe Portland. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Hey, but you know what though, from a, from a business model, I'm sure there's fees that are too small. Mm-hmm. Right, mm-hmm. like you will not walk I mean, out the door for less than this. What's that number? That's Who knows? What, that's it a mobilization. That's how, how slow we are. Yeah, yeah, it's true. Yep. If it's around Houston, and it's just a, like a one day pop out there, grab a couple scans. Yeah, it doesn't mean there's a fair chance we'll just jump out there and do it. Mm-hmm. Um, are we chasing? You know. Qu- proposals for stuff like that no right no, absolutely not yeah. sure yep no i understand so yeah. on that note who are your target clients uh anybody really everybody um recently we've been trying to hit up a lot of our clients that are either like like these guys right now these ladies any clients we've been trying to hit them up for area work and introduce them to it mm-hmm. and Quite the opposite of the other side. Any of our aerial clients and our ladder clients, we've been trying to introduce them into the laser scanning side of things. Uh, and it's worked out pretty well. Um, Josh and I have done a bunch of work in Angola on the laser scanning side, and, and they're really intrigued by the aerial uh, opportunities that we can provide to them. And it seems to be growing pretty, pretty good. Something I would tell you as uh, a bu- independent business owner like yourself, and one of my mantras for the company is, do what you're attracted to do and that you really enjoy and then go find the clients that feed that habit. So, you know, look for the clients of, of the products that you really like. And a lot of times it's not the most profitable of enterprise, but it's the most enjoyable. So if you're, for me, it's doing big, 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 big surveys and being out in the field for three or four days, right? Um, try and find more and more clients like that. I mean, what is the thing that turns you on the most about your job the the most fun part of all the things and services that you provide being outside i mean that's what i think that's why we like all of it really we mm. like the aerial we like the laser scanning seeing cool shit man yeah like, we, we see the side of stuff that, that nobody sees you know um <clears throat> oh you've been to africa did you go on a safari no yeah. So, right. <laughs> I was scanning mud huts. <laughs> I always enjoyed uh, finish up. Sorry. I always enjoyed solving the really tough puzzles. You know, when you get out to it, especially on the platforms, most of my work has been on oil rigs and process platforms. And, you know, setting control next for some of those 
can be really challenging and that you that it was always my wheelhouse that's what i enjoyed so basically anyone listening to the podcast that has a really really cool oil rig that's super complicated they need to call you absolutely awesome yeah. that's I mean, we've already, we've already, yeah we've already conquered the largest star in the world oh well oh well time to retire uh, then no point so, being on the podcast so, yeah, we're talking to royalty here, Mark. Come yeah, on we now. Right, I mean, let's go. Who yes, they're, they're laser scanning diamond mines in Angola. Yes. They put the standard and standard oil back in the day. <laughs> you guys are awesome. Uh, so going from what Josh said on the aerial side, mm-hmm. um, we got really good at linear jobs. Mm. Linear jobs suck. They do. But they're a fun uh, job to, to figure out. Uh, mm-hmm. And a lot of guys turn them down or come to us. Because they're tough, uh, figuring out how you're going to get from one end to the other without, you know, losing sight or figuring out where you're going to land. Yep. Um, it it can it can be a a big pain in the ass, but we're good at figuring it out. So, how do you define a linear job? Yeah. Corridor mission. Corridor. Okay. I think roads transmission. Yep. Gotcha. Right. Because mm-hmm. I yeah, I like yeah, going. The, I, I like the saying, "Hey, we, we did, did was." I think it was 16 miles mm-hmm. through, um, it was just east of Uray, Colorado. Uh, Mon- mm-hmm. Sorry, Montrose, Colorado is where it was at. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's some rough terrain. You're at like 8,500 feet. Sorry, just below 8,500 feet. We weren't high enough to use the high altitude props, but we lost a ton of flight time because of that. Well, are you flying so a wing trip? Uh, no, the M600. Oh, the M600. We yep. mm-hmm. Oh, light. So normally, yep. what we would have 18, 20 minutes of flight time, yep. we had about nine, 12, 30. Wow. Yeah. Because of the uh, elevation? Elevation, altitude, because mm-hmm. the props spin faster? No way. I Burn didn't even think about that. Thinner air? Yeah. So, wow. And we're right at the cusp where we couldn't put those high altitude props on to gain more. So there's yep. different props. Yep. Different pitch. Choose mm-hmm. up the air. Yeah, over 8,500 feet. There's some, there's some different props you can use. Uh-huh. And we use those actually on another job there where we were flying in U-Ray. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the highest I had that at 600 was 10,500 feet. Nice. Yeah, it's a great little workhorse. I wish we could find more of them. Mm-hmm. More, yeah. more of the drones? Uh, you mentioned the wing chair. We, we do have a uh, wing chair. I'm about to order another one. Good. That's going to be our new workhorse there. Yeah, I've got 175,000 acres or close to, I don't know, 7,000 miles on one. We've got two more coming. Nice. Yeah, we do an incredible amount of work. We do 1,300 acres every Saturday uh, just with one and in 120-degree heat, no problem. Yeah. yeah, we love it. It's dry heat. It's a dry heat, yep, totally. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Ain't no Alabama heat. You like you like uh, opening up the oven and sticking your head in it? Come to Arizona. Come to Arizona. It's great. It's great this time of year. So do you guys do any yeah, more? I worked, at, I worked on the Mojave for a little while, so I'm familiar. Mm. Do you guys do any mobile LiDAR? Uh, yeah, so our units are aerial and mobile capable. Oh, right on. Very cool. Cool. So you have a There's nothing like a Pegasus. It's just a aerial unit we can mount on a vehicle mount. Okay, right. that that was my question. I was curious yeah. what what hardware you're using for that because I mean that's like the next big thing. You know, you can buy these mm-hmm. sensors or whatever that you can mount on a 
on a UAV. You can mount yep. it on your vehicle. You can do it terrestrial. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, that's that's the way things are headed for sure. Have you guys looked at the new yellow scan ultra survey? Version two. <laughs> 900 points yeah. per square meter. Sorry? 900 points per square meter, 250 feet, and then you slap it on a unit on the vehicle and it uh, ties into the odometer so it can do your scan under transmission lines. It's still getting you 900 points. Wow. We we used to have um, a Bellavine 32 yep. from unsaid company name. Yep. I know where you're going it with it. It didn't work out too well for us. Mm-hmm. Oh, now we have two Regal units from Phoenix. Mm-hmm. I will gladly say their name. Those guys rock. Yep. Um, and that unit, that, that's a workhorse for us. We've, man, we've taken that thing everywhere, ran it everywhere. Works really well. Wow. Good. That's awesome. So what, like, what's next for you guys? I mean, I know you mentioned, you know, you're, you're on the precipice of needing to hire some, you know, some new folks. Um, what's got you excited, you know, one year out, five years out, whatever. Um, the, the contract to hire these guys is pretty exciting. Um, it's going to keep us pretty damn busy for a long time. Um, Josh is yeah, I'm staring down the barrel of about three years of dimensional control work um, on a, a big offshore pl- uh, platform. Wow. So, so it sounds like this should be kicking off here probably in the middle of the summer. This yeah. offshore stuff is kind of a niche for you guys. Well, offshore is really where laser scanning got its got its origin. Okay. Mm. Uh, so laser scanning really started. I may butcher some details here, but for the most part, it started out of like Aberdeen, out into the North Sea. They would go out and scan the platforms to make sure once the once the pipe spool gets out there, it fits up the first time. Mm. And it was very primitive at first, but obviously it, it evolved and moved its way from North Sea uh, oil rigs just naturally into Gulf Mexico. Mm-hmm. So, um, you know, there's they've been laser scanning out here for 20 years. Um, so it's not we have projects now we have clients now that they don't do anything out here unless it's laser scanned. So. Uh, I don't know if I froze up, but no, no, you got um, you. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, so it's not really. I guess it would be niche for us, but what do you think? It's it, it's pretty common um, in the offshore world. Um, I don't think it's niche at all, really. So I'll eliminate it. It's not niche. It's it's very common. It's very well used. Uh, and it keeps us busy. Um, it's we've got yes. because because oil's coming back and this COVID crap is ending. Um, our stuff overseas is opening up some more. Um, we should have quite a bit of work uh, overseas again, which kept us kept me and Josh really busy. Yeah. Twenty twelve through twenty fourteen, I made more money in those three years that anybody should ever make yeah yeah we made an absurd amount of money uh, going overseas so we, we've we've both spent a lot of time in overseas projects you know i'm glad you brought that up because i was going to ask you guys i mean everything you hear it's like when you do these international overseas projects you know you make 
a ridiculous amount of money. So you basically confirmed that just now. So are those projects that you guys kind of target then? Those are the, the really big ones. Uh, personally, they fell into my lap. Mm. And it was usually going to the most sketchy, yeah. potentially dangerous areas because nobody else wanted to go. Mm. Hey, what are you going to charge me to go to? Mozambique. Well, I'm going to charge you something absurd. Yep. Well, okay. It's in your bank account. When wow. can you be here? Wow. <laughs> That's awesome. That's the only reason I went to Nigeria is because nobody else in that company I was working for wanted to go. I was like, fuck it, Africa, do it. Yeah. And, uh, and a large percentage of the income is tax free. Tax free. Yeah. I think, what is this? Is it still for the first 85 grand is tax free? No, no. Uh, it's all tax. You got to be, you got to be out of country for like 360 days. Oh, that's right. Yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. Gotcha. Uh, the longest I was over there, I think, was eight weeks. Yeah. It sucked. Yeah, I think the longest Absolutely. I was in Venezuela six weeks, Trinidad yeah, two months, uh, Angola six weeks, something like that. You're ready to murder someone after like week four. Yeah, that's yeah. A, that sounds great. What, what, what do you mean by that though? Like, like, <laughs> like, why? Like, why? Like, it's is it just where you want to be? There's no home yeah. goods. There's nothing. There's, it's well, Angola. I say both of them in particular, there's two reasons. Nigeria sucked because I wasn't getting paid a whole lot there from my company. They would send me over there on a business visa instead of a work visa. Mm -hmm. The work visa is too expensive. But when you show up in coveralls and 15 Pelican cases, they know you're not there for a business meeting. Uh, Then they get really mad, take your passport from you, threaten to detain you. Hmm. And then you got to call your company and tell them to send over $3,000. Oh, wow. Um, those kinds of things. Like you said, there's no home goods, man. There's no corner store. Um, nobody there likes you. Nope. So, <laughs> it's, uh, it's, just, it's, not, it's not fun. And then Angola makes it worse. Uh, and no offense to those guys, but it's just not in their culture to shower daily. Mm-hmm. Um, it's once a week. Was it Saturday? I think it was Saturday as they were showering, so they'd be clean for Sunday church. church. Yeah, I blanked out a lot of those memories. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I had a friend of mine who got hired to go out to Mozambique and do um, medical supply drops with drones. So he's there for two days getting his orientation, and the village that he's setting up the system in gets Ebola. Oh. God. So he is stuck for six and a half months in a mud hut, nowhere to charge his cell phone, <laughs> and he's stuck there. And finally, he gets uh, rescued by uh, what is it, Doctors Without Borders and the Red Cross, and he takes his test and he gets to come home. And he goes, "The only benefit of it was I didn't get to spend a penny of the money I made, so I came home to a big fat paycheck. But I will never, ever go back to Africa." <laughs> Can you imagine living for living in fear of your life in a foreign country where they don't speak the language? You are legitimately in a mud hut. I could imagine. Yeah, I, I, I say all, I say all the time. It's like working do, working on an international project is the one thing that I do not have on my professional resume, and I hopefully before I retire, it'll be something that I get the opportunity to do. But I don't want to be in that situation. So what are you going to do now? Uh, there's no alcohol. You're going to go down to the galley and throw some darts. It's nine o'clock. We're going to bed. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, that's true. It is nine o'clock where they are. Oh, everybody's bad. up. Every, yeah, it's it's shift work here, so everybody's up at five. Oh, 
Oh, wow. Yeah. Same as us in you Arizona. At, everybody gets up at five. Yeah. So there's a six o'clock meeting and then you go to work. Wow. So wow. can you do any of the work that you guys are, are tasked with? Can you do it at night or does it all have to be done during the daylight hours? Uh, well, go ahead. We're taking the color photos. So mm. we have, we have some lighting sources that we could use, but for the most part, we're just going to do it during the day. Gotcha. Makes sense. Wow. All right. You guys I mean, if it? we weren't scanning in color, we could definitely do it anytime. Um, actually, when we go to Africa, we scan at night yeah. a lot. So we were on the same sleep schedule. Interesting. Hmm. Yeah, we've been on plenty of night projects, but uh, this one, daytime's fine. So I have to ask you in closing, your Josh, your son, why is he going to take over the world? Is he a superhuman little baby? <laughs> yes, yes, he is. So tell me more. The dude's like got to like an eight pack already. No way. He's he's shredded. He, my my son <laughs> swims three years old. Every day since he, He's, he's five. He'll be six. Oh, sorry. Does five. he have, does he have his own Instagram page? No, no he doesn't yet. Uh, Dude, he's a kid. Feed him carbohydrates. He's McDonald's. He eats, <laughs> Chicken nuggets. He eats carbs, but seriously, between swimming and all his daily activities, and he started uh, he started at my MMA gym. Oh wow. He's he's a beast, and he he knows what he wants, and he'll tell you. Hey man, do you want some help? No, no, no. I got this. I got this. Wow. So would I be out of line to ask for his autograph now before he reaches the superhuman level? No, you should. Mm. You should. I'll get it to you. It's going to be highly misspelled. Highly misspelled. <laughs> That's yes. the beauty of it. It's going to be invaluable. <laughs> Josh, I want to share something just, with just you. So is we're it? comparing here. My daughter's autograph is a greasy thumbprint from her quesadilla. <laughs> 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 So, Josh, I, I've got some words of wisdom for you for having a 28-year-old and a, a – sorry, not a 28, a 23-year-old and a 19-year-old. Please. You know that you're old, and I'm 6'3 and 280 and an ex-rugby player, but you know when you're old is when your 18-year-old can kick your ass. That's when you're old. It's not how you feel. It's when your kids can kick your ass. So it sounds like your ass is going to be kicked in two years. So you're freaking old, buddy. I don't have, I don't have much longer. <laughs> you don't. Toast. Yeah. Just so you know. I just want to let you know. Yeah, oh, your father never told you Appreciate that. Appreciate you. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> That's, great. That's great advice. <laughs> yeah. Ken, so awesome. Ken's got girls. Yeah, yeah. And you know, I failed to mention earlier, my oldest daughter, McKenna, mm -hmm. she got engaged last week. No way. Yes, her I haven't well. met him yet. Oh, man. Oh, he's a good guy. I'm super excited. Yeah. Very exciting. So just threw that out there. Oh, um, okay. Connor, right. did you get engaged? No. No? No, no one on Grindr? Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> Cotton. Guys, I'm going to send you his QR code to his page. His QR code. Yeah, yeah. It's it's a bucket visit. He'll make a lot of money. I still, I still, I didn't know what this was until <laughs> before the show. Now well, let's start gentle off. and start off with Tinder, Jesus. and then you can move to Grinder. <laughs> Mm -hmm. You seem like you have a lot of experience on Grinder, Mark. No, I just know how to embarrass you. Next, next level stuff right there. <laughs> All right, gentlemen. So I think we're about ready to wrap this up. Um, the, do you have some? Well, I was just going to say we ask all of our guests. I know I'm going to do that right oh, now. Oh, perfect! You yes, take it of away. course. I would never, I would never release these guys without answering this question. So, a question we ask every single one of our guests is: Do you have a mantra that you live by? We're going to put this in a book eventually. Yep. 
It's not too far in the distant future. So make it good. Russ, I'll let you go first. I like woodworking. Jesus. No, I actually sold all my tools. Um, <laughs> I don't know, man. I, I don't know if I have a good mantra to live by. I mean, I, I put it in my 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 bio yeah. um, that I just try to be a good person. My wife is number one, but I will shove her in front of a bus to save my kids. Aww, that's so romantic. And she says the same thing, I assume. <laughs> <laughs> she says the same thing. Yeah, yeah. I, I'm not going there. <laughs> She's driving the bus. The person. Yeah. I was about to say she goes. Not even to save the kids. That's great. That's great. How about you, Josh? I, I don't know if there's a single mantra I live by. Um, I just, I've had some pretty badass parents, and awesome. I try to live to make them proud. That's awesome. Oh, it's really nice. Absolutely. How about you, Josh? Uh, yeah, I don't think I have any one particular one. I because his ass is going like to be kicked by a seven-year-old. <laughs> yeah, my exactly. Uh, I like a couple of your standard ones. You know, embrace the suck. Uh, it's going to get worse before it gets worse. You know, things like that. I love it. Um, you know, make it. Sometimes I like to make it as hard as possible for myself. <laughs> so when it's actually hard in a real situation. I got that. I think it's a guy thing. The company yeah. mantra, the second one is the typical, you know, beatings will continue until morale improves. Yes. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Spoken like a true Louisiana and uh, Texan. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. How about you guys? We've, uh, I think we've pretty much exhausted everything we want to talk about. Yep. Mark, is there anything else you got for these guys? No, I'm just... Uh... Just appreciate what you guys do, and I'll do anything I can to get you some uh, laser scanning from my side because I'm getting more and more questions for it, and I just really don't. I One thing I've learned is, do you ever remember the movie Johnny Mnemonic with Keanu Reeves? Where Keanu Reeves, yeah. Yes. had a chip drive. Yeah. That's me. I, I want to plug into a chair and delete a whole bunch of shit so I can fit some more stuff in my head, and the last thing I want to fit in my head is laser scanning. So when the clients call, they go... Uh, uncle, but I know the two dudes that do, so let me put you in touch. So that, that's my promise to you guys. Thank Absolutely, you, man. There yeah. you go. Adding Thanks value, making much. friends. I love it. Adding value, making friends. There you go. The big OG. What do you got, buddy? Oh, nothing. Nothing too much. All just good. Nothing else. Was, yeah, just just check great show. out and grinder. I'm not. I'm definitely not uh, asking the question of what makes you get out of bed because supposedly that was just a dud. <laughs> <laughs> that's our last show. Absolute dud. Um, oh, how about you guys, Ross and Josh? I mean, appreciate you guys being here. You taking the Josh just nudges me, and then we get up. There you go. <laughs> oh God, please tell me you're in separate beds. <laughs> hey, 2022, don't judge. Sometimes, sometimes, sometimes. Sometimes. All right, Josh. Anything else you got, man? No, man. That's it. I appreciate that. Hopefully, we can all you know find a conference or a time we're all in relatively the same place, grab a drink together. Absolutely, you Love can count it. on that. Crawfish yeah. boil. How about hey, are you? you guys coming down to the Drone Energy Summit? Uh, if we get invited, we'll be there. Well, Kent means that's subtle as in, are you going to pay my plane ticket? <laughs> yeah. 
<laughs> Fucker. I'll buy you, you a milk crate seat on JetBlue. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Dude, you know what? With chickens. I hate to get off on a tangent here, but I had a milk crate seat on Frontier. Oh, well, yeah, it's, oh. Frontier. it's Frontier. It's <laughs> Frontier. What do you expect? Horrible. I've never flown Frontier before. I thought I was going to save the podcast some money. Oh, you're lucky you weren't sitting next to a bear. Yeah, exactly. You, and his name is Chuck. <laughs> you flew Frontier from freaking Phoenix to Florida. Dude, you're, oh, oh, you're an idiot. Man. Oh, oh, man. God. Never again. Never dude, again. Man. I, I was trying guess. to do right by the show. Man. No, dude. No. Oh, pay the extra $12. Yeah, because by the Southwest. You got to pay for your... You gotta pay for your seat, seat your tray, your baggage, your, your baggage, uh, your carry on to use the freaking bathroom, a like Kleenex. You know? It was horrible. Yeah, no, <laughs> I flew Frontier from Minneapolis to Cleveland. Eight extra five dollars. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Have you guys I mean, experienced how many Frontier? Would you like to take on this flight, sir? <laughs> yes, exactly. Yes. Oh, you you have only limited to pay for your shits. Yes. <laughs> so, do you have two testicles? If so, that's an extra ten dollars. Oh, fuck. <laughs> what, what am I gonna do now? Yeah, it was horrible. It was horrible. Mm -hmm. Yeah, we're not doing frontier. Oh, oh well, you're a lucky man. <laughs> dear, oh dear, get that on grinder. <laughs> Your version of lucky is, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, as a rugby player, I really wish I'd had three, so I'd be left with two. You know, what can I say? Oh my god. Too much, too much. Mm -hmm. All right, she hogs after dark. Yeah. My poor wife, you should see her expression. Actually, for the new gents, I'm gonna turn around so you can see my wife. Hang on. There you go. She's long suffering being married to me. There you go. Ah, she's so sweet. I yeah. think it's blurred, but Huh? I think oh, it's blurred, but I can see oh, her. Yeah. Yeah. No, she's great. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Cool. She's a good sport. She obviously Our has to be. Our dial up out here is going slow. I can't see anybody. Um, <laughs> dial up, yeah. <clears throat> so, tip to the wise: if you have problems with the wife, thousand milligrams of lithium <laughs> for two days straight in the coffee, they'll think you're Brad Pitt. <laughs> obviously, Josh doesn't have that problem, but you know, Russell, you and me, you know, you know what I'm saying, brother. Mm -hmm. I'm on that all water burger diet. <laughs> <laughs> all right. All right, gentlemen. Well, hey, thank you again for your time. Really appreciate it. I know it's getting late where you are. You got to get up early in the morning. Um, yeah. Just appreciate your time. Thank you very much. Thanks, guys. You've been amazing. Yep, thank you all again, fellas. Appreciate it. Be safe. All right. Here we go. Adding value and making friends, just like always. Thanks again for listening to our. Thanks again for listening and to our loyal friends of the program, such as AGS GPS, for believing in us. Be sure to mention you're a geoholic when you reach out to any of our friends of the program for those exclusive listener promotions. Download the Geoholics app from LandSurveyorsUnited.com. And uh, last but not least, pay it forward, add value, make friends. Stone Temple Pilots, Interstate Love Song, available everywhere. Until next time, everyone, build some relationships. And most importantly, be safe and healthy. Thanks, guys. Things I said to you. Bum, bum, bum. Thank you to our 2022 Friends of the Program, Advanced Geodetic Survey, AGSGPS.com, Airworks, airworks.io, Bad Elf, bad-elf.com, Cyanic Automation, getjobbook.com, Diamondback Land Surveying, diamondbacklandsurveying.com, 
Extreme Aerial Productions, extremearialproductions.com. Get kids into survey, getkidsintosurvey.com. Mentoring Mondays, mentoringmondays.xyz. Monson Engineering, monsonengineering.com. Nettleman LC Prep, lcprep.com. North Star Surveying, northstarsurveying.com. ProStar Corporation, ProStarCorp.com, Safety Apparel, safetyapparel.us, Topodot, new.certainty3d.com, and finally, Trimble Geospatial, geospatial.trimble.com.